Well, hello and welcome to the Originals podcast. You're here with Caleb and we have an amazing podcast lined up for you today. We have Matt here. Yo. And one of my favorite people in the world, we have Pastor Shane Willard with us today. Say hello. Come on, guys. So good to be here with you. Here we are. Um, I'm pumped about this. Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay, so Pastor Shane, one thing we do at this podcast before we start, we do this thing called OG Recommendations. So we recommend something that we're loving at the moment. So Matt, do you want to hear us off first? What's something that you are loving right now? Okay, um, my one's for all. It's probably a good recommendation for all the bachelors listening to the podcast. Cool. Um, my current life hack is buy a water squirt gun, like a water bottle, and the ones with the spray function. Because if you want to get creases out of your shirt without having to wait for an iron to fire up, just a couple of sprays of squirt bottle and all the creases disappear. Really? Yeah. Honest to good. It's like, yeah. I've never my heard morning ritual. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I haven't ironed a shirt in a few years. Okay. Um, spray bottle, wet shirt. Perfect. Creases just disappear. Okay, I love it. Okay, well, my one at the moment, this is going to sound super, um, <laughs> people probably won't like this, but I love MasterChef. Is anyone like which MasterChef? I don't know. I love MasterChef. I love cooking. So all the things like Chef Table and things like on Netflix, I love. But MasterChef at the moment, I'm digging it. So that's about it. Now, Pastor Shane, <laughs> yes. can I throw you a couple of little points? Because I want to hear your perspective on some of these. But okay. things you recommend, and you can be as quick as you can. Just let me know, okay? Okay. Favorite basketball team? Golden State Warriors. Ooh. We could talk about that all day. <laughs> I have a reason for that too. So okay. Ste- Steph Curry played his um, high school basketball for Charlotte Christian School. And Charlotte Christian School um, is coached by a guy named Sean Brown who played for our Crosstown Rivals um, when I was in high school. No right. Way. And so, um, so when Steph Curry was in high school, um, they would come to Charleston, South Carolina regularly and play in these tournaments. So I've actually been cheering for him since he was really? in high school. So yeah. you're and, Dave, and Davidson. He went to Davidson College because he was too small to get a, a, a big D1 thing. But then he, like, averaged 36 points a That's game. Right. And Davidson <laughs> took him to the grade eight, lost to Kansas by two. Um, and he was the only guy on the team that could play at that level, but he was yeah. just that good. So wow. so I, I, I became a Golden State fan because of Steph, not the other way around. See, I'm a bit like you. I, f- I don't really have a favorite team because I, l- I feel like that team's my team. Yeah. I've got favorite players. Yes. That are like, so for yeah, example, for I'm me, the same. like Kevin Durant. Yeah. I feel like I've been loving Kevin Durant for a long time or Carmelo Anthony or these guys. Yes, yes. So I sort of follow the teams that – that they go to. They go to. Sure. Which for us is foreign because here when you're watching football or rugby or that kind of thing, you follow your team. Yes. Depending, it doesn't matter what, who's playing for them. Yep. Yeah. In the, in, in the NBA, that's true. Like in the NBA, if Steph got traded to, say, Dallas, yeah. I would cheer for Dallas. For sure. Yeah. Um, so And it's a lot more common in NBA too. People correct. are moving all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. fluid. Now, Steph seems to be a lifer for Golden State. Well, yeah. And we probably have oh, four or five more years. Yeah. And that's it. Because wow. he's 33. Wow. Okay, yeah. next one. Yep. <laughs> Do you have a favorite podcast? Um, or teaching person that you listen to? So so my philosophy um, on that is I, li- I like to listen to people who stretch me. So mm. politically, I'll listen to um, Ben Shapiro yeah. on the one side yep. and Bill Maher on the on the other side oh, so that i can hear both perspectives yeah. yes correct. um and so uh so th- those kind of things like biblically um i listen to the bible for normal people quite a bit yeah but see 
that guy's, Peter Enns' philosophy is, I don't have to agree with you to let you tell your side of looking at things. Come on. And yeah. so, um, and so it's, it was, yeah, I, so I get a lot out of trying to, yeah, you know, hear, hear both sides out. Yeah. Well, I recommended Joe Rogan last week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never listened to that, but, he, but he, I'm, I'm sure he's awesome. Well, he just gets everybody. Right. From like you said, gamut, yeah. Ben Shapiro through to Jordan Peterson through to yes. UFC fighters through to everybody. Yes. Well, those guys have started the intellectual dark web, yes. which is um, right. which which is a, a a group of people who actually don't agree about anything mm. other than that we should hear everybody out without judgment, and you can't attack free speech. <laughs> like, you can't cancel people because you disagree what? with what they say. Oh. What? Right? And so, yeah. Who would have thought you could do that? <laughs> and so they, and, and, and they're, they're actually very refreshing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, okay. Do you have a favorite theologian? Um, Dr. Brad Jerzak. Awesome. Favorite band? Um, bon Jovi. Oh, Bon Jovi. Okay. Last Probably the first and last time we'll hear that. Yeah, on yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and last one. I'm 45. It's yeah. Favorite movie? Rudy. Oh, yeah. Rudy? Have I yep. not seen that? Okay, yeah. awesome. So we're going to go through some questions, smash through some stuff. We'll see how long we take. We'll go for it. Okay, so first question I had is we know you as Pastor Shane Willard. You've done theologian um, theological degrees, is that yes. right? Yes, have two of them. Two of them mm -hmm. in... Um, Bible and pastoral ministries. Okay, and then you've done a psychology degree. Correct. That's that. The master's is in clinical psychology. Wow. And this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, but when you when you get a master's degree in clinical psychology, you have to pick an emphasis. And there was only three potential: so psychopathology, um, addictions, or marriage and sex. So yeah. I chose the marriage and sex because awesome. I was a pastor and I thought that was the most applicable. Okay. But but then technically, I have a master's in sex, <laughs> right? Which is. Like man. sounds like I'm making a joke. What so, sounds like man. a pickup so, line. So, right. That's what it sounds like no, exactly. So, so in theory, I'm the best. Now, in, now in practice, pretty much crap. But in theory, oh, I think we need to get you so a badge. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. But when you go up to stage, Pastor Shane Willard, yeah. Master of Sex. Yes, that's yeah. the best. Well, yeah, Master of Sex would be different, but Masters in, in sex. sex. Yeah, yeah, that would True. be yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In our own mind. Yeah, the so, preposition matters in that yeah. sense. That's right. Yes. That's right. Context, context. Yeah. Um, okay, so. We know that we hear you, that kind of thing. Now, you did you grow up in church? Yes, your whole life. Yep, old school Pentecostal holiness. Um, grandmother never cut her hair in her life, never wore makeup in her life, never wore jewelry no. in her life, never wore slacks, never wow. went to a movie. Um, wow! Just, yeah, you lose your salvation every time you sin. So they they would get okay so constantly. They, they would get saved. My grandmother would ask Jesus for forgiveness five times a day. Wow. Uh, but they would find Muslims weird for praying five times a day. They, they, they didn't see the irony in their, the way they were looking at things. Like, who needs a God that you need to fight? Like, I'm like, you're, what? Like, so, wow. uh, so yeah, so I was, uh, I was raised that way um, as a kid, but, th but the balance was, and this has really helped my life. So raised in the Pentecostal holiness tradition, um, but I went to an independent fundamental Baptist school these oh, highly academic yeah. sort of cessationist um, school um, and then went to a Presbyterian reform seminary. Um, and then I've been mentored by a pastor who's sort of a Hebrew guide who rabbi mm. um, who um, is from a Pentecostal tradition himself. So, okay. so my background is broad and wide and, um, and that's really helped my life because right. I can just move into any room I need to, and yeah. and and I understand that yeah, the Christian tradition is 
still much bigger than I've been exposed to, but it definitely isn't this. Yeah. You've got a very yeah. broad perspective. Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So you grew up in North Carolina? South. South Carolina, yep. your whole life. Mm. Being there, did Charleston, everything there. Charleston, South Carolina. And you, were, you, you went into ministry at what age? So working for a church. Right. So, um, so I, I wanted, I was going to be an engineer and, um, I was accepted to uh, a top engineering school called Georgia tech, Georgia Institute of technology. Um, and, um, my youth pastor at the time was a guy named Shannon Billingsley. And he said to me, look, I think you're pretty gifted with how you frame things around God. Um, Mm -hmm. I was 15. He said, I'd like you to preach. Wow. And so um, it was quite a large church. So okay. there was hundreds in this youth group. So wow. I am um, like we say youth group. This was like youth church. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean the youth the youth group was bigger than most churches. Yeah, right. And um and so I spoke and the response was quite good. Um and it was that night I really felt like you know that it was on my heart that, that the Lord was like you know what I'll whatever you want to do I'll bless you. It's not like it's a right or wrong thing, mm. but you can choose another path. Mm. And so I went to my dad cause I'd already went, I've already went through the whole acceptance process sure, of Georgia okay. tech and all that. And I said, dad, I think, what do you think about this? And my dad just said to me, well, engineers make more money. Yeah. Right. And you could always do this as the other thing, but I'll back you no matter what. Cool. And, right. um, and so that's how I ended up. Sounds like a good guy in seminary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And then you went into a youth pastor role. Yeah. So, so in uh, 19 years old, um, I was hired by a Presbyterian church wow. to uh, to be their youth guy, um, and that went that went well. And then a, a pretty big church hired me um, to be like the young adults and um, small groups. And mm. sort of um, at that point, I was getting my master's in psychology, so I did a bit of the yeah, counseling okay. and things like that. So um, I, and so went from there. Yeah. And then what happened was was um, this is a it's an interesting story that I'll tell short. Yeah. So there was an Australian pastor named Clark Taylor. Legend. Right. And Clark had come on staff with our church. Um, uh, uh, right. bec- and, and he had uh, to help us push past a certain plateau. Mm. And um, so we met with him every day from August the 2nd to December 3rd in 1999. We met with him every day. Wow. Um, and he was teaching. All he taught us was how to pray. Yeah. And how to build your thing in the spirit and this kind of thing. I know one better. It, oh, man. So <laughs> anyway, when he left, I didn't know that I'd ever see him again. Well, years later, he rings me and says, listen, I'm, I'm putting on a pastor's conference, and I'd like to ask if you could come be the, the second speaker. And um, I said, sure. And so, um, so I flew over. Um, didn't know what to expect. Um, and, and then, of course, what happened was was every pastor in that room um, ended up wanting to book, mm. right? And um, and so my my pastor in America blessed me. He said, "Hey, you know, go for it. Hey, man, look." And so uh, and so I thought I'd do it for a couple years, and then um, but there was but there was one there was one person in that room who invited me to New Zealand. Well, he happened to be on national leadership for Equippers, uh, and then that ended up that. Then there was one person in that room that was from South Africa. He ended up he pastored the third largest church in South Africa. Okay. So that opened that up. And then this is weird how this works because of where I have to go today. So I'm doing the conference in Durban, mm. and there's a guy from the Gold Coast there who happens to be the chaplain at a place called King's. Get right? So he tells the pastor King's at the time, his name is Kenda Greening. He mm. says, listen, this guy, um, you should get him. And Kenda said, well, let's have him do our women's conference. And so I do a women's conference, 
And this, the main speaker is a lady named Ann Graham. Wow. Well, there we go. Ann Graham is like, flip. Blown away. Gets me to highway, yeah. right? But then she was running the state women's at the time. Gets me to do one voice. <laughs> Every pastor's wife in Australia, Australia. is at one voice, <laughs> and then that's how. And so that that that's, that's a it. two minute version of where you're at today. Yeah. Wow. And that's been what twenty years? Nineteen. Yeah. Nineteen years. Mm. Incredible. Yep. So 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 1999 was when we met with Clark. It was 2000, the end of 2001 that he rang me, and I came in July 2002. Mm. So and, almost 20. Yeah. And from conversations we've had, you spend about 70 percent of your time in Australia. I know COVID's been different, but yeah. usually about. Yeah. So so my normal year starts February 1st. I land in Australia, and mm. I'm in Australia or New Zealand till the end of May, mm. and then I end in in the first of June. I go to Perth. Um, with like Mark Varghese, yeah, those guys. Yeah, and then I end up Singapore, KL, Johannesburg. I do my South African stuff, Europe, yeah. do my Europe stuff. And then I'm back over here end of July wow. to uh, first part of October. <laughs> no way. And then um, Amazing. And here, when I say here, I mean here on New Zealand. And then, um, and then I'm in America middle of October to the end of January. That's how my normal year works. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay. So we've got a bit about understanding behind you. Now, um, one of the things that we love here, you know, part of the originals in our highway is we love your voice, your perspective, your lens that you have. Um, and I feel like you're someone who's pretty confident, you know, in your convictions, but you're confident in your beliefs. Um, but in this season now, we find ourselves 2021, social media, everything online, everyone's hearing more of your messages, yeah. your voice has grown exponentially across multiple platforms and places. Um, but one of the things I feel like a lot of people haven't encountered that never really used to is the negativity. Do you find you receive a lot of negativity through what you do? No. Uh, you know what? I, I don't. In, in my whole life, I've had six people take me on. Really? Um, and, and two of them, two of them, the two intelligent ones were right. And I, <laughs> and I, and I needed to, I didn't realize how that was coming across. Wow. And they took me on kindly, um, and they said, could we maybe give you a different perspective? Could you, would you hear us out? Now, of course, and in those two cases, I repented, um, asked for forgiveness, mm. and you can't speak as much as I do and not be wrong about something. <laughs> totally. Right? totally. So if you can't hear somebody out, but, um, but yeah, the other four were, um, you know, I'm sh- they were just loud, and, um, and it was some simple stuff like, okay. like um, you said Jesus is a rabbi. I'm like, yeah, I've never heard that he wasn't, but I'll hear you out. And they said, they said, well, you might call him rabbi. I'll call him the son of God. I'm thinking, can he, can he be both? I mean, like, I mean, can we be like lion and lamb, prophet, priest, and like, how narrow do you yeah. want to So, um, but, but in general, not. I, I find I that quite surprising, to be honest. Yeah. I, you know. We, um, because we, we recorded some conversations with you start of COVID last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in the... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and on one of them, we actually got... It was actually interesting. It was the first time we got... not I wouldn't say negative, but people like actually questioning and, and it ended up being this big thing. We're like, man, I wonder how much Shane gets this. Like, do people... But maybe it's just us. You've just got a great team. No, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. And well, and n- none that gets all the way back to me. That's awesome. And, and none... Uh, none significant yeah. and none um well n- definitely nothing that's um that's cost that's cost me 
you know, bookings or where there's yeah. a, yeah, there's a sure. church that did have me, but because I said this, I oh, can't. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah. Yeah. how good's that? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what happens is 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 even if a even if a sixty year old can't swallow everything, mm. my demeanor is such where I give people permission not to. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's my way or the highway. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying this is the ultimate way to see truth. I'm That's saying right. this is one way. Yeah. And so I free people up to for God to meet them where they think he is too. Right. And, yeah. and then move. And God, I just trust God to do all the moving and all the... I, I The thing I'm working on in my life right now in terms of a communicator mm. is there's this line that Jesus uses all the time. Let him who has ears, let him hear. Yes. In other words, Jesus was so comfortable trusting God to do all the convicting and all the changing that he would not bear the weight of people's response. That's great. Right? Wow. Otherwise, we become manipulators wow. to get people to respond. Totally. And so if somebody says, um, and I've had good friends of mine say, I'm chewing, but I can't swallow that yet. Yeah. Right? And these are people I respect. I'm like, great. Um, well, your suspended space. Yeah. That idea. Oh, yes, yes, suspended space. Oh, like, I love that thought. We mm. talked about it a few weeks ago, how you can hear something, it goes into the suspended space of your conviction, belief, understanding, yeah. and then you choose to... Yes, like if you had an idea, you said, I want, I, wanted you to, I want to run this by you. I would try to practice to suspend whatever my preconceived conclusions yes. are to totally hear you out. And then when I bring my conclusions back into your story, um, I'm perfectly free yeah. to not change. Yeah. But often what I find is even if it's only a one degree shift in something you brought, well, one degree over a long period of time has mm. now made me a better person. Mm. And so... Um, yeah, but but Jesus, the way Jesus saw the world and God, uh, which is the best way to live, is I I'm gonna steward my gift to the best of my ability, but leave all the results to God. Wow. And 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 remember, how, like there's one time it says Jesus preaching to a large crowd, and they all left. Ex- they all that's a hundred percent rejection rate, <laughs> right? And so Jesus turns to the disciples and goes, well. <laughs> Are you going to leave too? And they're like, well, no, but um, we don't mean to be Johnny Raincloud here, but they didn't buy what you were selling, bro, yeah. right? And Jesus is like, well, if the Father hasn't prepared their heart to hear it, who? what hope do I have to shit? Like, wow. I'm not wow. bearing the weight of that. Awesome. And so, so, so freeing. Yeah. yeah otherwise, you, otherwise, I'll push harder from the stage to mm. get the response I want. Okay. Yeah. And then I become a manipulator of God mm. instead of a cooperator with him. Yeah. And you don't want to cross that line. No, no. that's right. It, 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 not that God can't handle it. It's it's it destroys you. Y- you become less human mm. when you're manipulating others, and that's a problem. Mm. There's a good wine liner for you. <laughs> 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 we should all take that on board. Yeah. Print yeah. on a t-shirt. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. I could just go everywhere with this thought, but <laughs> anyway, Matt, I know you had some thoughts you wanted to drop. Um, yeah, but now in the moment I should have had my... Okay. I, um, like we love at the moment, we're hearing from a lot of young adults that want to go deep in God. They want to learn. They want to understand. Mm. Now you don't have to go to a library right. to look up anything. You have your phone a minute and you have yeah. 50, 100 different voices speaking yes. on that one thing. You know, um, how do you manage like the lens that you look through mm. you know you've there's a lot of different in places we can get intake of information sure thoughts a lot of great preachers out there a lot of great thinkers mm. progressive chains of thought understanding how do you like some practical points how do you manage 
your lens yeah, so, or your perspective? So first of all, if I'm listening to something, um, I try to practice suspended space, mm. right? Because if I bring my preconceived conclusions to the conversation, it taints what I might could learn from it, mm. right? So I'm going to suspend space. And the, the liberty in that is... I'm free to just grab it and go. I mean, like, it's not threatening, yeah. right? And then, then I have a few thoughts. Is One, are, are, is, is this a credible source? In other words, is this person, let's say in, in this case, they're talking about the scriptures or something. Yeah. Is this person trained to interpret ancient literature, mm. right? And then you look and he's like, well, he's got a PhD in ancient literature from Harvard. So that's... For sure. Yeah, tick, yeah. okay? Um, or he's the dean of Old Testament theology at Dallas Theological Seminary. <laughs> tick right so is this a credible source is what they're saying making jesus bigger yes or smaller mm. is what they're saying making the cross more effective or less effective mm. and is what they're saying making the resurrection the central part of the story not the death yeah. okay so if if we if if we and it's not that it's not that it, see the, the if you make resurrection the only part of the story that's problematic too because it's like, wait a minute, then that's this kind of preaching that it's victory, it's victory. It's, if you have faith, there's victory, right? Amen. Mm. But when there's no place for suffering, there's no place for doubt, there's no, when the central cry of the cross was, why did you leave me here, mm. right? So the central cry of the cross was a cry of doubt. And so the, the, the Christ-centered worldview says we give place to the struggle, we give place to the pain, we give place to the death. We actually know that it's necessary, but it never gets the last word, Come on, right? So, so the tension between something, having space for something, and that something having the last word, that's two different things. Mm. In the Christ way of seeing the world and God, it's, wait a minute, um, Jesus is not that which engages our story to automatically remove the suffering. Rather, Jesus is that which engages our story to participate in the suffering yeah. with us in order to remove the sting of it. So, so you, you have, there, there is a, in, in Philippians, there's this old hymn um, that was being sung about Christ about 10 years after he died. Okay. All right. And then, then t uh, 20 years later, Paul writes that hymn into Philippians. That's why if you're ever reading Philippians in an actual Bible, that that, that seven-verse stanza, it goes from paragraphs to stanzas yes, to poetry, right? right? Yeah, yes. it, it's because it's a song. Mm. And, and in, that, in, that, um, in, that, in that song, one of the lines is, he became obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yeah. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. So, so in, the, in the Christian worldview, there's always a place for the crux but the crux yes. always leads to the hyper ipsison, which mm. is the the um, uh, the exaltation. Mm. That resurrection gets the last word, mm. but it's not the only word. Yes, and, and the and the other side of that is true: is death. Death often has a word, but it never gets the last word. Resurrection yep. does. Correct. And so, when I'm listening to something, I'm filtering it through those things. And then my other question is: is I really I don't care what people believe; I care how they believe it. Right. So what I mean by that is, is if let's let's just take something like let's take Noah's Ark, for instance. So if you beat your fist on this table and you said, I think Noah's Ark is literal. Yes. Like a guy, there was an actual worldwide flood and this guy built a boat and it floated above Mount Everest and no one died. And, right. Well, if I go, my only question to that would be. So. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go, well, we need to prove it. 
I'd go, well, that's boring. But if you said, if you said, what do you mean so? Twice in the first six chapters of Genesis, God overcomes watery chaos to create new creation, fresh start, second chances, opportunity to write a better story. Mm. And if he could do that on a global scale, what couldn't he do with our little bit of chaos if we submit it to him? That's yeah, right. right. Well, I'm going, well, hey, yeah. amen. And if you beat your fist on this table and you said, I think Noah, the Noah story is an ancient Mesopotamian poem. It's a retelling by Moses of ancient Mesopotamian poetry to make God look better. Yes. And if I go, so? And you go, well, we got to prove it's a poem. I go, well, that's boring. But if you go, if you go, what do you mean this. so? In, the, in that beautiful, yes. ancient poetic wisdom, you have a God who has overcome the watery chaos twice mm. in the first early parts of history to mm. make new creation, fresh start, second chances, and the opportunity to write a better story. What couldn't he do with our little bit of chaos that's if right. we submit it to him? That's well, right. now I'm cheering you. Yeah. So whether you read it this way or that way, the what is less important than what it produces in you. Come on, totally. Right? So... So if, if somebody has like a weird belief, like a bizarre, mm. you know, Tell like if, if somebody said, I think God is a nine-sided cube and the Antichrist is currently an eight-year-old Chinese boy named Tong Nguyen, right? I'd go, well, <laughs> what do you want? Well, so, <laughs> no, no, actually, because that's an argument. I, if I say, if I say that's stupid or that's wrong, yeah, then now you got to hear it. Yeah, I just right, go, right. I say, well, so, yeah, I love and that. if they say, whoa. You've just disarmed. I, 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 we need to prove that while I'm bored, mm. right? But if they said, what do you mean so? I am so moved by this to live in compassion and connect my world to Christ. And I'm going, Great. well, whatever you believe has produced a loving character that yeah. um, uh, where you treat people better. Well, you know, wow. the what is far less important than what it produces. Totally. Yeah. And I was going to say this too because wow. I feel like it's only been really a recent thing. Um, I'm not sure what actually spurred it on, but this whole idea of reading the Bible as a story as opposed to it being like a manual. Like growing up in church, the amount of times I've heard that line, the Bible's like your car manual. You know, yeah. if something goes wrong, you pull it out and... Tell you what to do. Yeah, and then but then you go down the line and something that you thought was a way to fix something ends up being wrong or, uh, you know... Or not a guarantee. That's yeah. right. Hmm. Um, or not exactly like, the way you thought when you've read it that was what it was being totally and you and you're believing this not saying everything you believe in the bible is literal but you're reading these lines and going i Mm. literally believe that being a level of truth Mm. and then it gets pulled out from underneath you what do you have Mm. and then lately i've been loving this idea of just reading the bible like a story and finding well what's the message to come out of the story Mm. and who am i in it yeah and that's actually a very ancient way to read it like so it's new to western people but it's actually like rabbis would listen to us talking right now and go, "That's right." There was a day you didn't do that, like <laughs> you know, there was a day that you you didn't ask yourself, "Man, Abraham is in World War One. Five kings are fighting for, mm. and they're both fighting for his support because he's rich. They need him to throw his resources behind their military effort, mm. and his response is." to spread out a table and invite them all to eat and be reconciled. <laughs> like to argue about how much of that is, act, the, how much of those details are actually correct versus, yeah. boy, do I escalate conflict or do I always totally. look to set a table before people in the presence of my enemies, like that you find that other places as well. <laughs> um, and how does this call me to live in greater wisdom? Instead of har- just harping on right and wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that's correct. Because you don't see in the story Abraham going, tell me your side. Tell me your side. That's right. Yeah. He's like, he's like, remember, Abraham says, whose side are you on? And he's like, wait a minute, I'm, you know, I, I'm on no one's side. Like, I, let's, let's be, let's eat. And, um, <laughs> and, and the wisdom, in that, so I start thinking about that story and I go, where have I lost peace by harping over right and wrong? Yeah. Where am I holding something against my enemy when actually the solution is a table um, to let it go? And what would that produce in my life? Would it be greater peace or greater conflict? And, and, in, and so, so the, the, the first lie recorded in all of Scripture um, is an important one because it's told by a talking snake. Now, when, when an author wants you to really pay attention, <laughs> have a talking snake tell That's a lie, right? right? <laughs> it, it, it screams literarily of <laughs> lie, lie right? and, and And the lie of the talking snake was your best life is found by navigating right and wrong. Just, hey, get right and wrong perfect, and, wow. man, there's life. Yep. That is a lie. <laughs> and because if you do 100 things in a week and 99 are right and one's wrong, you, heart, you obsess about the one that's wrong. Totally. And Always. it's an unprofound question. Is this right or wrong never gets you where you need to go? It's is this wise and is this useful? Because there's a lot of things that aren't wrong, but they're not wise. Mm. You know? Totally. Like, like you're, you're a married person with a couple kids. Mm. Is it wrong? for you to go out every night till 1 a.m.? That's right. Not wrong. Is it wise? No. No, it's really dumb. No. Some things aren't right or wrong. They're just dumb. Couch town. Yes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so it's, it's, uh, it's reading the Bible as a narrative and, and understanding the genres in it and understanding how to read those genres because how the original author intended that document to be read That's right. is critical to interpreting it. Yeah. So, so if the original author was writing ancient history, mm. interpreted as ancient history, That's right. if the original author was, was, was writing it as a poem, mm. it does you no favors at all to interpret it as a history book. That's right. Yeah. Right? So, and it does them no favors. Yes. And it's, it's not making the Bible better. That's right. right? And, so, and, and to be fair, sometimes the Bible makes it obvious. Yeah. Like Song of Solomon is a poem. Mm. We know that because it's in the poetry section. And you have a woman whose nose is a tower and legs that's are right. cedar trees and yeah. her breasts are as big as the hills of Bashan, right? Yeah. And you're going, that's obviously a, a, a poem, yeah. right? Um, sometimes the Bible is a, a bit more nuanced and a bit more, it's a bit more nuanced and confusing. Um, but if you, if you back off that base layer debate and go, hang on. What happened in that story? Yes. What's happening in me right now because of that story? Yeah. Who am I in that story? And yes. where is wisdom in it? Yeah. It leads to a better way of... of um, I love it. It, it, it leads to a, a, way of, a, a better way of life in terms of reading the scriptures. Yeah, because I was going to ask that too, actually. like, um, I don't know how many times I'm, I'm reading my Bible and I come across something and I think, hmm, I wonder what Shane Willard would say about this, you know. Mm. Um, and it's like... I was going to ask what were the tips on how do I get myself in the right place to understand what's happening as someone who hasn't gone to Bible school, as someone who hasn't got easy access to a lot of theological sort of like what what's, but I think you just explained it kind of really like, yeah. um, unless you do have some extra stuff that you'd like to. Well, there was some basic stuff like pay attention to the table of contents. The Bible was not organized by chronology. The Bible was organized by genre. Right. Right. So if the people who put it together totally. put it in a poetry section, yes, read it as a poem. So one of the biggest problems I see with people under 30 who go, I don't, I just think the Bible's bupkis. Right? Yeah. I'm going, which well, we're hearing a lot. Right. I hear it all the time. And, yeah. and I'm going, 
okay, um, tell me. So I suspend space. Yes. Right? And then, yep. hey, tell me your point of view. Mm. And they'll go, well, it tells lies. And I'm like, be specific. Yeah. Well, well, um, that, that verse right there says, if you answer your enemy softly, um, their anger will turn from you. Um, and I was soft in conflict, <laughs> and they got madder, right? And, it's, and, and so the problem with that is, is reading a proverb as if it's a promise. Yes. Yeah. Proverbs aren't promises. They're proverbs. That's they're right. wisdom observations mm. about how the world should work. Mm. And in wisdom, it's always best to be soft and de-escalate conflict. But it's not a guarantee. Yes. Yeah. Like Jesus answered his enemy softly, and they killed him. Right? Not because he didn't have enough faith in the word, but because sometimes people kill you. Yes. So really what they're, re- what they don't know how to say it, but what they're reacting against is transactional theology, mm. which is the Bible's some manual that if you do what it says, it guarantees That's right. yeah. an outcome. Yes. Um, when the, the, the scripture writers, when they were writing that, they, they weren't thinking that. That's right. They were like, hey, this is... Um, this is wisdom, mm. and um, yeah, because I've heard you talk about your cultural appropriation. Yes, understanding the backing behind everything. Because at the moment, we are, we're in a society where everything's literal, mm. like everything. But that's only a new train of thought, right? Oh, so so to give, this is just historical fact. Poetry pre-existed prose by a thousand years in wow. human history. Wow. In other words, there was a day that everything written down was poetic because it was a less direct way of getting your point across. <laughs> and that was considered the most intelligent way to speak. Wow. wow. Right? And that and not by a close amount either. Mm. Like so ancient so ancient Babylonian culture, which is where yes. Abraham's from, ancient Sumeria, they had scriptures like the Enuma Elish, the Epic of Atrahasis, and the Epic of Gilgamesh. And and these are these are poetic wisdom mm. writings because Prose, prose came about way later when you're trying to institute laws to um, uphold civilization. Mm. So it's it, when you're instituting a national law to make sure your civilization survives, just saying it directly, thou shalt not kill, yeah. is a whole lot easier than telling a poetic story totally. about why murdering people is... Yeah, so there's this guy, and <laughs> he considers this other guy less human, so he murders him. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then this guy destroys himself. In the, like, that's a poetic way to say, thou shalt not kill. Yeah. But just come right out and say, thou shalt just not kill is, is a bit easier. And that, that came about, a th- prose came about uh, roughly a thousand years after poetry. Wow. So there, there was a day in history where, where poetry... Uh, was in song was considered the primary way to express wisdom, and a lot of those early Bible writings, like Job, yes, um, Exodus fifteen, mm. um, Judges seven, they they come from that sort of tradition. Okay, where you know it's like, hang on, I, I'm going to put a poetic sort of parable in this to make. And Jesus came from that tradition. How many yeah. times does Jesus go? They say, they say, okay. Tell us, tell us about forgiveness, mm. Rabbi. And Jesus, Jesus could go, well, forgiveness is one, two, three, identify the pain, call it what it is, right? He, he could have done that. Yeah. But he goes, okay, forgiveness is like owing a king too much money. <laughs> and you want to pay him back, but you can't. Yeah. And the king realizes you want to pay him back, but yeah. you can't. Yeah. So he just cancels your debt. That's yeah. forgiveness. Well, What's a more profound way to say it? Like, mm. is, is, is it more profound to give a linear? That's right. So, so if you pay attention to my talks, what I often do is, now this was not true Sunday night when I, <laughs> that was a pure narrative. Yeah, yes. But 
But what I often do is I go, if you're a linear learner, I did this for you. So I'll do a narrative. Yeah. And then I'll go, I'll summarize the narrative in bullet points for the linear learners. Wow. Right? Because I'm trying to come at it from both ways. Totally. Because mm. both contain profound truth. Yes, yes. that's right. Mm. So you, you, you're saying that both can add and be positive to your train of thought when you are thinking literally in some ways. And then, ah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think at the moment we're trying to create, um, I know with us, we're trying to be intentional yep. about getting people to think and read and to understand in a more holistic way, yep. um, especially young adults at the moment because yep. a lot of them are really struggling mm. with literal interpretation. And they should because some of those things aren't written literally. That's right. Like if you read Revelation literally, oh. <laughs> you you have to do mental hula hoops. Totally. Yes. Like a literal whore on a horse coming from the sky? Come so how on. So how do you, Pastor Shane, deal with, okay, you preach all around. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're hearing some very traditional perspectives, like you said, you've gone through different churches and things like that. And you're having a conversation with someone and you're honoring, you love them, but they have a completely misguided yeah. You, you're hearing it. Maybe yeah. they're talking about revelation. Yeah, talking yeah. about the rapture or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dispensationalism or something. Yeah, yeah. And you're hearing that. Yeah. In those conversations, are you worried about trying to lead them out of no. the way they're thinking? Or you're just letting them No, if somebody starts with their conclusion. The discipline I've tried to develop in my life. If someone starts with their conclusion, you let them have that conclusion because God is. Yeah. So if so so if God is not <laughs> if, so if, if God is not panicking. Why should you let him who has ears? Yeah, right? I love that. Thought. Now, if so, so there's two ways people come at you. One is with their conclusion, yes. and one is with curiosity. Yes, yeah, right. And you got to pay attention to the tone. If somebody starts with their conclusion, mm. always let them have it, because the question I would ask is: is what has that conclusion brought to their life? And a lot of times, those conclusions, as misguided as they might be, has brought good things. Okay, yeah. right. Okay. So, so the other way though is in curiosity. And in curiosity, I never attack where they came from. I include where they came from in a broad Christian tradition, but I say there's five ways fully devoted followers of Christ read this. Mm. And your way was this, but here are the other four ways. Yes. And maybe we could choose which one makes more sense. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yes. And maybe we don't. I, I would challenge one word you said, um, uh, because words matter less than how people picture words functioning, and that is some, you said some people come with a more traditional view. Yes. Oftentimes, what people call traditional view yeah, is traditional. their tradition. Yes, you're right. It actually isn't in the yeah, early 100%. church tradition at all. Yeah. Right? Yes. So, so I'll give you an example, like um, original sin. Mm. Original sin is a concept that definitely is in the Pentecostal tradition, mm. but it's not in the early church tradition. Mm. And it's subtle. But, but original sin says, you're, you're, like, so you hold your baby, yes. and you're thinking— you're basically bad. Yeah. And God is fundamentally opposed to you until you convert. Yes. Do you uh, say that one prayer? <laughs> yeah. Say say something. And then and then God God fundamentally changes his disposition towards you. Yeah. Right? Well, so so in one sense, original sin is Jesus came to fix our original badness. But the early church, when they framed Jesus as per one of Jesus's purposes was Jesus came back to invite us back to embrace original goodness. Wow. That the Bible starts in Genesis 1, not Genesis 3. Yes. And you were good. Yes. Yeah. And something broke it. Um, but the original 
was good and that mm. Jesus came back to restore original goodness. Wow. And so, and that th- those are subtle, but here's the problem with that. That subtlety in terms of how we approach our world can lead us to, um, if I see the whole world as basically bad, right. well, I'm going to approach it as I've got an answer to fix your problem yes. yeah. versus, versus, hey, you know that lack you feel? Um, there's a basic goodness in you that I'd like to help draw out by by introducing you to Christ. Wow. Well, those create two different ways of approaching our world. Yeah. And 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 to me, one has a bit more wisdom in it than the mm. other. But if somebody was hardcore on original sin, mm. I I wouldn't argue with them. I would just I would just look at what it produced in their life. Yes. And so I have a good friend that would be that. Yes. Um, but I look at his life and he's forgotten more about what he's done for God than I'll ever do. Okay. So the thing it produced, mm. it, the what it produces is more important than what it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I love that. Because how many times do you see this in the Bible? Judge what someone believes by the fruit it bears. Yes. Yeah. Right. 100%. So whatever the fruit is. Yes. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Before you're looking at the Correct. understanding or thought. Correct. Wow. I know, Matt, you had a question looking at um, from Pastor Shane's message on Sunday night. You talked about. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, obviously every time. The reason why I I mentioned that is because I liked the thought, the idea of the question. (coughs) Oh, that I had? Yeah. Yeah, well, I just always, I mean, obviously it must must be the thing. You've got half an hour or whatever to present an idea and then we're all left with, I have 20 questions, you know, like 100% um, after that. And what what, um, I was going to try and get at, if it doesn't take up too much more of your time, is you talked about um, the idea that Jesus coming as a final sacrifice as kind of like a... um, like an example of God saying, of God getting nicer. Yes. Um, and I know this question is probably asked a million times. So what then would you say is, apart from the fact that it was just like a, a word picture or an example or, a, you know, mm. yeah. figure one, um, of Jesus coming to earth, dying on a cross and being resurrected. Yeah. What is the basic, like, because obviously, like you say, Jesus was, was died before the foundation of the earth. Right. Does like Jesus did not come to fix a problem. He came to obliterate the idea there ever was a problem. Yeah. That God loved you all along. Yeah. This is how much God loved you from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And so that so him coming was a picture of that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think even on a more basic level, the incarnation is God's big thumbs up to humanity. <laughs> it's, I'm not, I don't want to obliterate the human story. I want to engage it just like I engaged the chaos before the foundation of the world and I made a new narrative, mm. I want to engage the broken narrative of the human story and get involved. I don't want to judge it. I don't want to criticize it. I don't want to condemn it. I don't want to banish it. I actually want to engage the broken story in order to make a better narrative. And, and this is how far I'm willing to go to do that. I'm willing to let you murder me in the process. Well, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like that Whoa. is, that is a, that's commitment. Yeah. I'm so committed to writing the chaotic narrative into a more holistic narrative mm. that if you murder me in the process, that's just part of it then because death never gets the last word resurrection does anyway. So what I'll do is, totally. is I will not judge Jesus instead of you. That's, that's a whole nother thing. Yes. I, I will be in Christ reconciling the whole world by writing the disordered ship by making a better narrative. And how do I do that? I take on the common enemy of man, which is death, death, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll engage death, and I'll plunder it. it it's a reference to Egypt. So right. Moses 
doesn't pay Pharaoh off. Mm. Moses demands release, and then in the process plunders Egyptian coffers. Well, that's exactly how the New Testament frames Jesus, that he went into death and hell, and he demanded the release of the captives, and he plundered it in the process. Well, that's a whole that's a whole lot better story than than right. there was this price and Jesus yep. paid God off for you. That's what? Right. No. What if it's God was in Christ paying sin off and death off? You're not going to touch them anymore. And I'm not even I'm actually going to demand it and I'm going to plunder it in the process. So that that's <laughs> so that's that story. I yep. love that. Hmm. That's a great perspective. You know, I feel we all are challenged all the time to be improving the way mm. we're thinking, mm. improving the way we communicate. Even if I didn't even like using this statement, this idea that there's a, a differentiation of ministry. If you believe in God, mm. if you call yourself a Christian, we all have this challenge to continually be challenging where we're at and growing and learning to understand and pull apart God's word. Yes, unfolding your narrative. That's right, and understanding and having grace enough to know that where you're at now isn't the end point of your thought or belief, but right. you're only going to grow into a deeper understanding. Correct. And people, I feel, and I think young adults need to hear this, is that when you're talking out of, like you said, the fruit of your life, you're talking about the goodness. Yeah, we may have some things that are maybe not exactly the way it was intended, or we're holding on to thoughts or ideas that were given from our parents or growing up mm. in church. But to know that God has grace for that mm. and that you are continually learning and Christ is revealing himself yep. every day. And I just want to know, I just want people to know that um, the whole idea of right and wrong, we've got to get past that point. Yeah. And yep. I love that. And if we got anything out of this conversation for young adults to know that what you've said now, if it's, in a, if it's out of the place to help, mm. like you're saying, show love, see the fruit mm. of that, that's okay. Yeah. Well, let's, put a, let's put a word on that consent that that God is regularly and humbly consenting in love to us and then is humble enough to wait for us to consent back. Yes. So the Christian life is not a pattern of mastering good and evil. It's a pattern of consent. It's a pattern of regularly responding to the Spirit of God. And Paul said it this way in Colossians, just as you received Christ, so continue to walk in him. Well, everyone who receives, this is uh, Colossians 2, 6, everybody received Christ differently, but they all responded and, and so the key to the Christian walk is building a lifestyle of response, yeah. of consent to yeah. God's consent. Otherwise, when we non-consent to God's consent, there are some pretty bad consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pastor Shane, we're so thankful. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Yeah, that's fine. Because I, I, I was going to tell you, <laughs> like, I'm, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No. I cutting you off. You can keep going. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, yeah, it's good. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think we're going to look at seeing if we can try and get you back another time when you've mm. got a few minutes coming back and down the highway mm. let us know <laughs> love to because i've got some like, we've got some great questions that people have got to ask you about certain things yeah yeah um and i know you're super open to talk about it yeah easy honestly we honor you and value the time you've given us today yeah. thanks guys yeah enjoyed yeah. it that's right we've got to play some balls soon sure get oh. some exercise going <laughs> that'll be good awesome well thank you everybody we love your originals uh, make sure you leave a comment and review let us know what you're thinking and um yeah anything else matt um no, have a good time. Stay classy. We love you. We'll see you soon.